This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pissed off. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick and it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. Well, we did it. We officially have made podcast history. One full year of podcasting for Feds and I. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast, broadcasting to you on a lovely Friday night, August 3rd. It is 6.35 p.m., and we are, of course, broadcasting in our lovely studios inside the friendly confines of New Hope, Pennsylvania. Rick, we did it, man. Pop your champagne, or in our case, pop your beers. Oh, oh God, wait. There we go. Wait for it. There we go. There we go. It is a... Cheers, brother. It is a River Horse Hazopotamus aggressively hopped IPA to celebrate National IPA Day, which is yesterday. Was that really a day? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why they released this yesterday. A few other places, like Kane put out their 1,000th batch of Kane Head High IPA, one of my personal favorites. That's great. I read a, I read an article, uh, like, two years ago from an ex-Stone brewer, and he said IPAs have gone way too fucking far. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, but I I love IPAs. I, IP, I do, IPAs too. is my favorite type of beer, but... In a way, I agree. There are some ridiculous things. You know, like lactate is big in beer right now. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. So um, we've been away from you guys for a little bit. Rick and I both took a little time away for a few vacations. Rick was at the NASCAR race in New Hampshire. That looked like it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Got to uh, walk around the pits, hang out. Uh, didn't meet any drivers, but I saw a few drivers. I said hi to Jimmy Johnson when he was a little pissed off about his car, so he didn't really say hi back, but <laughs> that happens. But, uh, but yeah, dude, it was a great weekend. Yeah, that looked like it was a lot of fun. You had a, a longer, maybe more exciting vacation than I did. Yeah, I was in Texas for a week visiting my younger brother. We went to Dallas, San Antonio, South Padre Island, and Austin, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, there wasn't a lot of IPAs in Texas as far as beer, actually. Yeah, I don't know if that's a... I feel like Austin... Would probably be that because that's kind of like the hips, most hipsterish city. Yeah, that the saying is "keep Austin weird." Yeah, and it is probably it, the weirdest place in Texas. But I mean, it's a fun place. So, so from get, what I've heard. So get this: uh, there's a place in Austin called the Bat Bridge. It's a South Congress Ave bridge, where at one time over a million bats fly out from under the bridge to go hunting for the night. It is unbelievable. It's like a 10-minute-long phenomenon just watching bats constantly fly out from under this bridge. Like, I literally can't make it up. Go look up a video of it. Like, I am not lying when I tell you there's over a million bats flying out from under the bridge. Yeah, I mean, did you get any video of that? Because that sounds pretty intense. Yeah, I did. I'll look and see where it is. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I've I've seen that before. There's a company uh, I follow on the internet called Rooster Teeth. They're based out of Austin. And they, they did a little story on that one time, mm. so that was fun. But, I mean, yeah, that Texas is 
I haven't, I've never been to Texas. The only time I've ever been to Texas was when I was, uh, when my mother was like three months pregnant with mm-hmm. me. That was the only time I was in Texas. It counts. Uh, well, I don't really remember things. <laughs> you don't really remember a lot of things during that point, but, no. but yeah, so that was, that's when I was around the time when I was created right. almost. So that was probably, I wouldn't say that's my first vacation, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'm taking myself a hole here. So but one year. So it's been a year, dude. It's, it's just to think when we look back about a year ago today, you and I were sitting out back drinking a beer behind my apartment when I know you had talking about doing a podcast for a while, and you said, hey, we should do one. Yeah. And we decided to send it, and here we are now. And it's been a lot of fun. So thank yeah. you for uh, coming along with this journey that that uh, that we wanted to do together. Definitely a lot of highs between getting on iTunes. Speaking of which, you can now find us on Google Play and tune in as well. All you have to do is search Wide Open Sportscast. That's awesome. So, more places for you to find us. That's awesome. Um, the victories that we've had, so many great times many, throughout the, the podcast many, together. Many, di- many different defeats. Yeah. In predictions. Uh, defeats, as in you and I losing in the finals of that cornhole tournament at yep. the Trenton Thunder yep. to win a uh, box are we, seats. Are we going again this year? Dude, hell yeah. Right. We're finishing the job this year. Yeah, we do. We need to do that. We need to start practicing. <laughs> And, of course, thank you all for the ride over this past year. Thank you to every single one of you who have tuned in and have supported us throughout this time. Again, if you are new and you haven't done it, if you're new, obviously listen to us for the first time. That's great. Welcome to the family. If you've been listening to us for a while and you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, you can find us at WideOpen underscore sports on Twitter. And don't forget to search Wide Open Sportscast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn, and you can find us right there. Definitely reaching out to you guys a little bit more. So yeah, it's man. great to know that. For you Android-friendly users in the room, we can now you can now find us there too. Yeah, definitely. And uh, give us any feedback that you want. We are, Much we are willing to take good and or bad. Honestly, I would take probably more bad at this point, so we can, if we need to fix something, we'll fix it. As Bob Ross said, there's no things as mistakes. We have happy accidents. Yes, so NFL training camp is here, and I also watched the the Hall of Fame game last night. Did you get to watch any of that by any chance? Yes. I did watch some of it last night. I was watching it at Birkin after our men's league soccer game, which we lost 11-0. Yeah, but, uh, sounds like... Mets. Uh, but I will say this, and probably the biggest takeaway from that game, I felt like, for a quarterback that sat out for an entire year and had injury problems. Yeah, RG3 looked RG3 looked good. I mean, he's not taking Flacco's spot just yet, but RG3 looked very good. Now, do you think it's going to be enough for him to make the team? Uh, yeah. I He'll he'll be in a, there's going to be three quarterbacks there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Flacco, him, and uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar, yeah, I can't believe I can't forget. I can't believe I forgot that. I mean, Lamar Jackson. I think the way he played yesterday, he he's going to be the third string at this point. I I agree. Uh, not not to take anything away, but he looks like a rookie. He yeah. looks like a pure rookie, not like an Andrew Luck rookie. But he's going to be good eventually. Yeah, he just needs some time to. Uh, 
sit on underneath some uh, a past Super Bowl champion and a past Rookie of the Year to get some uh, get some. I mean, he had that belt. one nice juke, and he had a couple nice moves, but yeah. that was that was about it. You know, he threw a pick. Otherwise, that really... pick was bad. Yeah, RG 3s pick was not his fault at all. It just no. went straight through. Uh, I don't know who the fuck the receiver is, but some guy will probably be flipping burgers next week. Maybe. Definitely, uh, but literally went right through his hands. So when we were at first watching the game, there was a whole crowd of people watching the same game. Like, oh, my God. You know, you're watching preseason football right now. Not even just preseason. The Hall of Fame game. The Hall of Fame game is for those two teams to sign a few extra rookies so the fifth string can get some time out there in case they find a, a diamond in the rough. Yeah. So Which, that's... I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Not very, not not very often, but you never know. You might find something there. It was fun to see Chase Daniel. Are you, are you ready for a mind blowing stat? Let's do it. This is Chase Daniel's tenth year in the NFL. Okay. Just the fact that it, he's been in the NFL for ten years already. Yeah. I felt like he was more like a five six year old guy. I had no idea he was in the NFL for ten years already. Yeah, I. Uh, that doesn't really blow my mind because for I, me I was like what? So I know I knew what year he came in, but yeah, I mean, it, ten years. I mean, he's probably on the downside of his career, but you never know. Yeah, he may stay in there. Yeah, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, so crazier things have happened. <laughs> Speaking of uh, downsides of careers, have you seen the Patriots' uh, current wide receiver lineup? Yes, I have. Uh, that without Edelman and Amendola, yeah. Well, for, for Am- starting Amendo- week one, Amendola. Uh, where is he now? I will check that right now. But, but if yeah. you haven't heard the uh, Danny Amendola is with the Miami Dolphins. That uh, he's pulling the uh, the anti West Walker there. Yeah, <laughs> going uh going to a place that. He might not reach that Super Bowl again. Uh, but, yeah, Patriots signing Eric Decker, I mean, it's a good signing. I mean, is, Decker is definitely way past his prime. If you're expecting him to be a turnaround wide receiver for your offense, no. I, I'm going to say this. The first four weeks, Rob Gronkowski is going to get a lot of targets. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean he's going to be double teamed probably the whole time, but Rob Gronkowski is going to get a shit ton of time. Uh, targets there well luckily he's virtually unguardable so yeah but i mean you hit him in the right spot he'll get injured which is a little uh effed up to say but true (laughs) up to say but yeah true uh but we we got to get into rules that just came with that but yeah they're they're looking pretty bare but i mean is uh, it enough though for new england to lose that division uh no i mean Tom Brady has done it with less. It seems like. Yeah. With with his first with his first Super Bowl, it seems like he's done with less, and he's been through so much trials and tribulation, especially in these past few years, that I I don't see it being that that bad. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to have a lot of uh, wide receivers taken early on in uh, fantasy. Speaking besides of which, Gronk, um, since we are recording on today, August third. 2018 it's tom brady's 41st birthday today yeah, i was listening to uh i was listening to golik and mike this morning mm-hmm. and they're joking that they he probably had a avocado toast cake <laughs> all i'm gonna tell you is this tom brady turned 41 today 
The last what time. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> the last time he saw the number 41 in front of him was on a scoreboard laying on the ground in Super Bowl 52 after losing to the Eagles. Wow. Homer right here. What? Homer fan right <laughs> um, It was also another interesting stat. Going back to the Hall of Fame game, what? Uh, Ray Lewis. Yeah. His, his first play ever, or his first, it may, I don't know if it was his first play or first sack ever, came back quarterback uh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And his last play ever came against head coach Jim Harbaugh. Wow. Fun facts. Fun connections to the Harbaugh's. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so, I'm, dude, it's, it's, this, it's so this summer's. It's so great to have football back. It's so great to have football back. I mean, I I like talking about baseball when whenever it seems exciting this year. It hasn't been really that exciting for me. No. Uh, Especially I mean, for I, you, sorry. Yeah, I, I lo- yeah, it's been a little rough. Uh, I love talking about NASCAR, but, I mean, I pretty sure the demographic for our fan base isn't really about NASCAR, which is fine. I understand. Uh, so I got those things to kind of hold me over and then a little bit of soccer, uh, that we're going to get into a little bit. Um, but football preseason hard knocks is coming back. And I, Mm -hmm. I, a lot of people scrutinize that it's going to be the Browns. The Browns are the most interesting offseason team this year. Some people are a lot of, not some, a lot of people are saying they have a good playoff shot. They might. I mean, in a way, in ways, it seems like they're in better standing than the Bengals. I would definitely say so. So if if that's there, I mean, the Steelers and the Ravens. I mean, I'd still say the Steelers are definitely over the Ravens because I mean their offensive yeah. weapons are just so much better. Uh, With but, or without Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> well, he's gonna be there for the season. Yeah, but they could. You know, you never know. I don't think they're there yet. They still need to build. And, I mean, they're going to put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, which I I pray to God. I mean, I want the Browns, as a Steelers fan, I want the Browns to do good because it takes away from the AFC North with a team that's 0-16. I, it doesn't seem like that tough of the division. And it even looked like that because considering – the Steelers lost to the Jaguars in embarrassing fashion two times. First time, it was a blowout in the season. Second time was in a playoff game where even before the game, the Steelers were talking trash, saying they're getting ready for the Patriots instead of Jacksonville. And then look what happened. And the, Yeah, exactly. So two embarrassing moments against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I want the Browns to at least win games this year. If they win three games, it will bring a lot more credit back to the AFC North. Because without that, then... I mean, it's almost like the the Steelers and New England are, in in that case, the same boat. New England's obviously been more successful. But, I mean, New England's had to face the Buffalo Bills, the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins Mm -hmm. in the AFC East. I mean... Let me Don't. put it out this way for you. Here's here, This quote I saw the other day perfectly sums up the Browns. Quarterback Josh Johnson entered the huddle in 2012, um, week 17. And Joe Thomas looks at the other players and goes, wait, who's the quarterback right now? Yeah, right. Because the infamous Cleveland Browns quarterback jersey. But, yeah, literally, Joe Thomas didn't Joe even Thomas, know who was playing quarterback. Joe Thomas is, like, a godsend. I, he will be missed in the NFL, but 
he better be a first round Hall of Famer. Yeah, he is that Iron Man streak. I mean, we we talked about this like months ago. We compared his Iron Man streak to, or yeah, probably uh, what was it? The beginning of the last NFL season. Compared it with Cal Ripken's Iron Man streak. I would put Joe Johnson's or Joe Thomas's a little bit higher. Yeah, because baseball isn't as strenuous. No offense, baseball players, baseball fans, but football, baseball, you know? I No, I I, I think you're definitely right with that one. Uh, As far as strenuous, which quarterback coming off of an off-season injury do you think is going to have a best chance at a recovery season? Wentz Wagon, Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, or Deshaun Watson? Um, I will tell you, third is definitely Andrew Luck, considering... He hasn't played in a long time, yeah, um, and that's a little worrisome. It is nice that in the draft they actually drafted good offensive linemen, so he'll have a little bit more protection. It's about time that they gave him a little protection before he's wheeled off in a wheelchair. But <sighs> yeah, poor Andrew Locke, dude. So I'm going to say he's probably third, just for the fact that he has had the least playing time between Deshaun Watson and Carson. He Wentz. had a whole season off too, but. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson, you may not like this, is has will have a little bit better coming off an injury than I think Carson Wentz. I, I agree with you because Wentz I still think is going to have a great year, but he's coming off an ACL, LCL. Literally, his knee was obliterated. Yeah, and he's probably going to have to wear a brace there for the rest of his career. Yeah, like, I'm not, no, I, 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 I was actually going to agree with you on that. Okay. Do I think that, that Deshaun Watson is going to be better and the Texans are going to be this almighty team? No. But I do see Carson Wentz first coming back from this injury and struggling. What? I will say this. Just a little bit. Deshaun though. Watson, before before he got injured, and by the time he got in around like week two and a half, week three, he had the highest quarterback rating. He had the most touchdowns. He had the most yards. Mm-hmm. Then he got injured. If he's able to stay healthy. He's going to be good. I think the Texans are going to be right there in the playoff line because not too much change there. No. And if they get J.J. Watt to stay healthy. Even with J.J. Watt injured, their defense was still pretty good. Oh, yeah. I mean, having J.J. Watt there, I mean, increases that tre- tremendously. But, I mean, it's still nice to have him there. And if he's not there, I don't think it's going to be... It's going to be it's gonna be a hit, but not a horrible, horrible hit. Right. Like, it's not, it's not going to ruin their season if J.J. Watt goes down. I mean, it's a completely different scenario. Once you're, If your starting quarterback goes down... Then your season, okay, if, unless you're the Eagles, apparently, uh, then your season goes to shit. Right, because the Eagles will have Nicky Six, St. Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call him. Uh, which I, which I, I still think at some point this season he is going to be huge trade bait for a team. Foles, yeah. 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 If, if Wentz comes back, plays, plays well. And somewhere else in the league, a quarterback goes down. Which, the way the NFL was last year, probably is going to happen. He's going to be traded. You and know that the Eagles will be on the phone. And they're going to get they're gonna being get like, some... hey, here's his contract. Here's the Super Bowl MVP. What do you want? They're going to get a few second-round picks a couple years in a row. 
I, I, I 100% agree with that. So I actually just finished reading Nick Foles' book. How was that? It was very good. Um, basically, just the same thing he'd always been saying in his press conferences. Like, I know, I'm a Super Bowl MVP. I'm going to go back to being a backup, but whatever, I'm okay with it. Like, my truly and honestly, it's tough sometimes, but I'm okay with it because I love playing here. Uh, he said at the end of his book that he was given multiple trade offers but the Eagles weren't getting anywhere near what they wanted for him. So the interest is definitely there. I mean, Yeah, the interest is there. And like, you can get a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, you can get a Super you Bowl know? MVP. When a team is going to be desperate, if a team is going to be competitive, if there's a team out there that's competitive that doesn't does not have a legit backup, they're going to trade away everything to get him. Yeah. Not everything, but a lot to get him. And Nate Sudfeld, the third stringer for the Eagles, hasn't looked at that either. So it's not like, you know, I, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a little homerish of you, but it, it definitely, it definitely is. I'm just putting it out there. Um, you were just talking about JJ Watt with hits. What the hell is this helmet to helmet rule? So it's, I like to think it's of it bullshit. as in a way. Yes. But I feel like with the whole Shazier thing that happened last year, it has something to do with that. Uh, they're a little bit worried that uh, all-star linebacker or defensive end or whatever is going to paral- pretty much paralyze himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea is that they cannot lead with the head. But the problem there is it's going to cause – it's going to be a lot more offensive league this year. Be- just, because yes. of, just because of that rule. Because – I don't remember the yard penalty-wise. I can look that up. I'm pretty sure it's 15. If it's 15 yards, I mean, that's a, that's a huge chunk. 15 and a possible ejection. And that's... I don't agree with the ejection. I don't agree because I don't think... Leading with the head does not... I would say... I would say 45 out of 50 hits is not meant to, like necessarily hurt the person right. that they're tackling but it's going to cause a lot more uh miracles in minneapolis's marshawn lynch legarrett blunt all these big powerful running backs that put their head and shoulders down to run through tackles are they gonna be getting flags left and right now uh, but, that's a, that's a really good question. Because the crazy thing is they were talking about it with Eagles training camp is the officials went in and were showing them videos of now illegal hits. And Malcolm Jenkins asked, well, couldn't my hit on Brandon Cooks technically be illegal then now when he hit, knocked out Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl? And they were like, not necessarily. And he was like, wait, what? He's like, it was a helmet-to-helmet hit. And they were like, yeah, but. And literally, it, it's just like... There's so much gray they, area. They, like, they they started to clean up the catch rule, and now they're causing this. So it's causing a little bit of a discussion there. And so, by the way, in the Hall of Fame game last night on that one pick, the catch rule still turned its head a little bit. Yes, I, I agree there. Uh, but in the, also in the Hall of Fame game, four penalties yeah. were those leading with the head. Yep. So, and that's going to take a while to yeah. change. You're going to be seeing a lot of those penalties early on. I wasn't. That's a, a great point. I wasn't even thinking about like those types of type of running backs. Yeah, Are they right? going to get those penalties? Right, like Legarrette Blunt now um, 
forget where he is now. It seems like he changes teams every year. Uh, Legarrett is on the... Once my thing decides to work. Legarrett is with the Lions, right? Big power running back. He's going to go down the middle. He's going to lower his head, lower his shoulder. Not later his head, but lower his shoulder. Goes helmet to helmet with someone. Is that a flag on him for trying to run through a tackle? I don't know. That's right. That that is that is a good point. I we're gonna have to that's, Marshawn. All these other big because it's not like every single running back in the league is like also, a Le'Veon Bell shifty gonna juke out people. A lot, a lot more running backs are gonna be like that. So yeah, that's. That's where the NFL is leading to, kind of like the Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley type running backs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to definitely influence that for future draft picks on teams. Uh, I don't like how how late they implemented this rule. Yeah. Because, I mean, no offense to those type of running backs, because, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm sure not even everyone... I'm going to backtrack. No one knows. That's that's the problem. No one knows. I mean, in the in the Hall of Fame game, I, you you could see it, but I wasn't even thinking about that. And because is that considered a hit if a running back runs over a dude? Yeah. Is that considered a hit? Yeah, because he's leading with the head. So I'm pretty sure Legarrette's one run in the Super Bowl that he had that he broke for a touchdown. He lowered his head and hit through two people. Yeah. So so is that dropping the shoulder or leading with the helmet? Well, it it if it depends. He's gonna be he's gonna have to use his shoulders a lot more, I guess. What are you gonna tell me next? The NFL is gonna have more problems with the national anthem this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but let's end with our NFL talk on a positive here, Rick. What rookie are you most excited about this year? Especially going in the preseason, we're gonna see a lot of them. Um, I listed a few for you. Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Saquon. I mean, May- Mayfield just being the first overall and being against a a uh, a rival of the Steelers, he's going to be. Def- I'm definitely excited for him, for him, uh, as well as Saquon Barkley, just because he's local. I'm going to see a lot of him watching uh, Giants football. Mm-hmm. I I and being a Penn State fan, he was so much fun to watch there. If he's able to bring over what he did at Penn State to the Giants, I mean, that's going to completely change the Giants game. I think I think he's going to be good. The only question is who's going to block. If they can figure that out. Like, I know I've been homering a lot for Bird Gang a lot this episode, but I'm going to say this. The Giants are not going to be utter crap again this year. They're going to be healthy again, and they got a very, very good running back. If you're a fan of football... And you're thinking that the Giants are going to go four and twelve again and have this awful year? I I generally think the Giants are going to make a playoff push. I generally think they will. And again, are the Eagles pretty set up for future success? Yes, but I can't tell you the last team to win the NFC East back to back years. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like the Giants will push. It's not going to be a giant walkthrough. Like you also don't expect the Giants to lose like four receivers in one game against the Chargers again. Yeah, like that. You don't see that ever. No, they'll have Odell back. They'll have Sterling Shepard back. Like they'll have Saquon Barkley now. I mean, Eli Manning. I still think Eli has stuff left in the tank. It's not the same stuff that he had 10 years ago, but he has stuff left in the tank. He went off the bench against the Eagles in week 15 and threw for 370 yards. 
So, yeah, I mean, he still has the potential. But I agree, in the similar respect of, like, what the Colts are going through, they need blockers. Yeah. So, we'll see. Well, the Colts might need it a little bit more. Well, I, I think they, they did a very good job in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see if it pans out. Uh, so, that's our some of our NFL chat. Again, you can interact with us at Wide Open underscore sports on twitter tell us what you're most excited about with this upcoming nfl season and don't forget you can find us at wide open sports cast on soundcloud itunes google play and tune in boy it's nice saying all those new things where you can find us yeah right so new year of the wide open sports cast new segment a little thing that rick and i are going to do before we transition to our next topic is just spend a minute or two telling you what we're watching uh, we're going to talk about a game, maybe something interesting that we saw this week on TV, and basically talk about it a little bit. Um, Rick, what was the thing that you saw that interested you this week? I mean, obviously the Hall of Fame game. Uh, that no, no question there. It's even though it's not necessarily the highest quality of of uh, football, it's still nice just to see football again. One hundred percent in live football. I don't. I don't usually like watching reruns of games because I, I just I'm not as into it but it's nice to see live football again and I mean it's still summertime so still watching a lot of NASCAR watched the Pocono race last week it wasn't it was there were definitely highlights in that it wasn't the best race I'm excited this week because they're going to be going to Watkins Glen which is a road that's course. a fun race I love the road course races so that I, I'm excited to go see that um besides that I mean uh, I I've kind of stopped watching the Mets. Uh, that'll be coming up soon. Yeah, I I, I I kind of stopped watching the Mets. Um, I mean I'll 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 look at highlights and like if someone hits a home run, I'll be like ah oh, that feels good. But then they're like down five three, but whatever, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's still coming in a little bit. What and, about you? Uh, I've watched the MLS All Star Game versus Juventus uh, while I was barbecuing out in Dallas this week. Uh, it was a fun game. The M- every year the MLS chooses a All Star team and the best players in the league. I think it's a little stupid the way they do it. They do a fan vote eleven where they vote half the players in, mm-hmm. and more than half. Literally, it seemed like it wasn't actually. But it seemed like more than half the All Star team was Atlanta United. There was a lot of snubs because of the voting aspect of it, uh, as far as the fan vote. Um, but it was still a good game. Uh, finished 1-1 Juventus won in penalty kicks so the MLS All-Stars lost to a European giant for the third year in a row every single year when they make the super MLS teams they invite over a European giant it was Juventus it was Tottenham a few years ago Arsenal's been here Bayern has been here Real Madrid they played last year my only problem with the game this year was obviously it was a World Cup year and when they had this International Champions Cup that was going on and Juventus was here, they weren't here with their full team. If you, if you looked at Juventus playing the other night, maybe two or three regular starters played. And they're still charging like premium price for all these games. So it's still an expensive ticket, but none of the good players are there. It was literally Tottenham played Barcelona last week, and it was maybe four regular Tottenham starters in their academy against Barcelona's B team. Yeah. And people are still paying like 200 bucks a ticket to go see them play in the Rose Bowl. I was watching this game a little bit. I mean, it was it was neat to watch. 
I don't know. Soccer All Star games aren't that exciting for no, me. No, they're not. Because it's definitely more laid back than, and soccer is a sport that needs to be high paced. I would say. It's just funny. You watch the MLS teams. The ball goes to the player's feet. If they're on the MLS, you see their first touch. The ball goes flying another direction. Or they need like two, three touches to get the ball under control. And you watch Juventus is like ping, 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 ping. Like has the ball totally under control. If Juventus's full team was there, it's not even close. Yeah. Um. So, continuing on with football, it's been a rough week in Columbus, wouldn't you say? Yeah. As Urban Meyer has been placed on administrative leave after texts and other evidence revealed that he did know about assistant coach Zach Smith's history of domestic violence abuse and did not report it. There he, there was claims today that he did report it. Mm-hmm. So, back in like 2015, they said, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this all happened back in 2015. Right. So... He, there is reports that he did set he did submit something but it's I don't know if it's necessarily I don't know what his role is in enforcing it like because ever for a college it's I feel like it's way different than the NFL than pro. or yeah the, but, the commissioner is going to step in and say you're suspended like this and you're going to do this. The NC, the NCAA, we've already learned over the past year or two, has no power. Period. Yeah, uh, the NCAA, but it, it's up to the school administration to do something. So if Urban Meyer's claims are true, and he did report and he did submit some sort of report here, and Urban, the school did nothing, it, yeah, the school would be in trouble. Urban Meyer, I wouldn't say. I mean. It's not the best look, but Urban Meyer should not lose his job over that. If, if, if it's he the were school's to, fault, no. Yeah, if the school didn't do anything about it, then the school is going to lose something. I mean, the NCAA needs to, in a, in a respect, the NCAA does have power in saying, like, you're not going to get scholarships or uh, you're not going to go to a bowl game. So they do have that power. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of this is necessarily true, um, it was the woman's ex-wife that that uh, came out with this during yeah. like an interview. So you don't know if there's some animosity there because they said that like the whole part of the text message was Urban Meyer and his wife Shelly were trying to like text them through and like give them like counseling and everything it was like trying to help them through it. So the way I think to me that interview and the, that evidence made it seem, again, who we still don't know if Urban Meyer's things are true. If he did report it to the school, great, it's on the school. But if he didn't, it seemed like he tried to take more of a I'll handle it approach and was like, I'll help. Instead of reporting it, I'll take care of it. But in a way he needs to. Yeah, because he, he, it's, he it's very head, important. You're the he head coach. He's the head coach. He's the head. He's he's the head guy. One of the head guys in that in that uh, field of quote unquote office. And I always go back to Coach K's quote when uh, all that stuff was happening with like Rick Pitino and with the recruiting thing. Coach K always said, "If you're the head of any college team, you the the buck stops with you. You need to know every single thing that goes on in your team and your organization because you're coach, GM, owner, all of that at the same time. Like you are it. So you better know everything that's going on and handle it properly." 
the, like, in a, and also it doesn't make sense that he would necessarily cover. I mean, if you if you report that's not covering, there's other there's other cover up there. But if he knew about it and did nothing, then yeah, he should be fired, and maybe he would go coach like a Division three school or something. But because he wouldn't get a job in in and like top NCAA in a long time. Yeah. But it's it's very fishy. At Definitely. the same time, I don't I don't like I don't like when I do this. I don't like saying there has to be evidence for something like this because it's a very touchy subject. I don't want I don't want to be right and I don't want to be wrong. It's just it's just a shitty situation. Yeah. Because no matter at the end of the day, somebody got hurt and you know. Yes, but he is he was the wide receiver coach. Yes. That seems replaceable. I I could be very it's wrong. It's not a about. defensive coordinator or yeah no I'm I mean I haven't played football in a while but I mean and the coach was fired yeah so but after the accusations came out you know so he's still there for a little bit he was yeah but I mean he was fired when. Recently, I'm pretty sure he was fired. Re- let me fa- yeah. let me fact check that. I don't. I don't think it was that recent. Zach Smith fired Ohio State. What Urban Meyer said is the article I am looking at. Yeah, Ohio State recently fired. Hmm. So he recently was fired after the the stuff came out. So, do we know when Urban Meyer put in this report? We don't know. Ah, uh, yeah. He was saying that there was a 2015 incident that he had brought their attention to. So, but a 2015. I'm pretty incident. sure the report said that like it's still there were still some things that happened anyway after the 2015 incident that was originally reported. It's like it's like you said. Here's here are you and I both sitting here trying to put the pieces together to what has happened throughout this whole thing. And we're struggling to put it together. Yeah. Like, like something isn't right. There's something up. Somewhere along the line, someone didn't do the job they're supposed to do. Yeah, but that's really, literally all it comes down to. You know, like the, like the fact that you and, I, you and I are doing the same exact thing. So the president or some donors or board members of Ohio State University are doing right now, trying to figure out... What incident is this? Did he do it again? Did Urban Meyer do it in 2015? Was it a little later incident? There's so many different things. You know? And it's just... We're having the same exact conversation they're having in Ohio State right now. And it looks like they haven't figured it out yet either. We'll have to see if Urban Meyer is going to be uh, the head coach come September. That would, that's that's yeah. going to be very interesting. Yeah. Because it's not like, oh, it's <coughs> March... College football starts in two, three weeks. Yeah. You know, like, they're already well on their preparations, and now he's on administrative leave. So now it's going to affect their preparation yeah. with the uh, with the preseason there. So, yeah. as a Michigan fan, good. But, again, you hate to say it under, like, the circumstances of what's happening with the whole investigation and everything. Uh, let's get a positive light real quick on college football. You, you look at the first uh, early rankings poll of the year. You got Alabama at number one. Shocking. Uh, Who has a better quarterback situation right now, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Alabama Crimson Tide? Well, the thing with Alabama is they don't necessarily need a good quarterback to be successful. Yeah. So 
in a way, I would say Crimson Tide. <laughs> because they've shown that that defense can – Alabama has never done it with a good quarterback, I feel. I feel like the best quarterback he, they had was A.J. McCarron, and it's not like he went on to do anything that special in the NFL anyway. He was, he was a pretty good backup. Yeah. Uh, you got Alabama at number one, Clemson at number two, Ohio State third, Georgia fourth, Oklahoma rounding out the top five. Then – Six through ten is Washington, Wisconsin, the U, Penn State, and Auburn. Eleven through fifteen is Notre Dame, Michigan State, Stanford, Michigan, USC, and then sixteen through twenty TCU, Virginia Tech, Miss State, Florida State, and West Virginia. I'm, I'm kind of happy that Miami is back. Yeah, I mean we needed that, that, the U back. That, that's such a good school. I mean they they've obviously done some some questionable things. Some things I would question, other things I wouldn't, because I do think athletes need to get paid. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm so happy the U is back, because it, it's so good for college football, that type of team. It's awesome. Yeah, the turnover chain. The turnover chain is cool. Yeah, I like it. And everyone started doing shit after the turnover chain. Our football team at my school I teach at has a turnover belt. Like a like a like a like a WWE, WWE turnover belt, yeah. Oh, nice. I know so, someone else was doing that too, but they they have that. Oh, there's so many different. My things, uh, the girls lacrosse team that I coach, we did a uh, sauce. Sauce stood for like each letter stood for a way that we want to play defense, and then there's a defensive player at the end of every game. And they got this giant thing of ragu, and it became like a thing, like a joke throughout the team that that it was always like someone wanted the sauce. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that that. that well, was I mean, a it's good. That's good incentives. Yeah, ragu. <laughs> yeah, it's just a giant thing of ragu, and it's funny now that like I'll send some of the my former players. I'll be out in like a store, and I'll be like, I found a four pack of this giant ass ragu sauce, and they'll go nuts. Oh my god, that's but it's awesome. definitely an incentive. Our defense was great this year. Nice. Um. So, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. We'll keep you updated on what happens with Urban Meyer, and we'll definitely be talking more about college football as the time comes. It will be very soon. Uh, New year, another new segment. Leading into our third topic of the evening, Rick and I are also going to share with you a quote of the week. And, Rick, you are not going to be a fan of this quote. So I'm sorry. It's okay. Coming from Mets reliever pitcher Paul Seawald. We were talking about it in the bullpen. I can't remember a game that I've been a part of like that in a long time. Speaking on the Mets, 25-4 loss to the Washington Nationals. The worst loss in Mets franchise history. Rick, what do you make of that? Hey, at least the Mets are breaking some sort of record this year. What? Uh... I know there's a lot of places where Mets fans are pointing the finger right now. Where do you point the finger? Um, Other than everything. Because I asked a couple of Mets fans this same question, and they just said everything. See, I'm not... Like, if, I'm you, not... if you had to narrow it down, why, after the Mets got off to that incredible start, did the wheels just completely fall off the wagon? I... I think it's time for a new GM. I mean, I'm, uh, it sucks that, like, Sandy Alderson's going through a lot of cancer stuff right now. But, I mean, the Jets, or not the Jets, the Mets need something in the office to change. I'm not, I am, I don't think Callaway 
is great, but I'm not ready to throw the towel on it on him yet. Because mm-hmm. I mean, with a game like baseball, you need a little bit of time. It it didn't look like we needed that much time with him at the beginning of the year, but at this point, it's a brand new team because so many players have been traded away, so many players have been released. Like Adrian Gonzalez was released months ago. Yeah, and I mean he wasn't he wasn't the way he used to be. I mean, when Jose Reyes is the the player that's hitting the most at at one point of a game, and also was that's in a pitching. Uh, our pitching, I mean, we just can't hit. I mean, that's the biggest thing is we can't hit. And our best, probably our best hitter, is Drupal Cabrera. We traded him away to the Phillies for some. For some prospects there. I mean, we didn't get a lot there, but I mean, at least we got something. We need to do something with our prospect pool. Bringing up players that are actually meaningful. Like, it's it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Um, Did you see that Jose Reyes, when he was pitching, it was actually really funny. Uh, oh, he, he hit uh, Zimmerman in the side. And, and Zimmerman, Zimmerman fake charging the mound. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, he just laughed at it. It was just like, huh? <laughs> That well, was... he th- he threw a fifty-four mile per hour curveball and hit him and in the, hit him in like the the bottom of the leg. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've Zimmerman, <laughs> Zimmerman seems like just started laughing. It was like, oh, and like fake charging the mound. Yeah, fifty. I guess for them, fifty-four isn't that hard, so it doesn't really matter. And obviously, I think he's pretty understandable. You're that winning twenty-five. When fucking Jose four. Reyes is pitching in the ninth inning, up twenty-five to four. Yeah, I mean, he he is. He is not going to uh, change the uh, the game at all. Yeah, to say the least. Speaking of bad baseball, sorry again, Rick. Um, into some baseball talk. This this caught me laughing hysterically. The Padres are doing a ticket special where you can pay a hundred bucks to attend every home game until you see them win five games before September thirtieth happens. Take your pick. So it's it's ninety nine dollars to attend every home game until they win five. Or, so say you can end up going to like ten Padres games. Once they you can go to every game until you see them win their fifth home game, and well, then the package is over. If you're a if you're or a, September thirtieth because yeah. the it's not a guarantee that the Padres are going to win another five home games for the rest so of the that, year. So that's that's a full two months. Of this deal, and you can pay a hundred bucks, and literally that, it says a lot of bad things there. It says one that the team has sucks. no confidence, yeah, and the organization just has no confidence in the team, and two, the attendance probably is absolute shit. Which I mean, the attendance in MLB this year has been absolute shit. The only the only teams that are pulling in good numbers are the teams that are actually doing good, which uh, it makes sense. That yeah. obviously makes sense. But also, to be fair, there's not a lot of teams this year, it sounds, seems like. That's why that's you why know? I think ML, or MLB isn't... I was about to say MLS. MLB isn't that fun to watch this year because it's in a way like NBA where you just... You, you pretty much know at this point at least who is going to be playing for the AL championship and the NL championship seems like i mean so this is what i was about to get into um our main talking point with baseball 
Uh, we have two points. Uh, first, obviously, right now, you have the rivalry going on between the Red Sox and the Yankees. They have a four-game series with each other where last night the Yankees jumped out to a 4 nothing lead and then the Red Sox went on to win 15-7. They had a eight-run fourth inning uh, chase CC out of the game. So that puts Boston six and a half up on the Yankees. But look, I'm a Red Sox fan. You've seen this movie time and time and time again. And you never want to admit it. You want to be confident. But it happens all the time. This will be. This will come down to that final series when they play each other at the end of the year in Boston. It always happens. The Yankees always get hot. Always chase. Something's going to happen. It will get close. And unfortunately, you're going to have a 100-win team playing in the, for a wild card. In a one-game wild card. Because the Red Sox are definitely hitting 100 wins. They're 76-34. and 34. Yeah. The Yankees will more than likely hit 100 wins as well. But then you look at the rest of that division. The, the, the Baltimore Orioles are 42 and a half games behind Boston for first place. So, the AL, to me, the only thing that isn't wrapped up is who's going to play the Yankees or the Red Sox for that wild card. Is it going to be the Mariners or the Athletics? And, I mean, the same way I'm saying six and a half, Boston, Yankees, it'll get close again. The Athletics and the Mariners are only four games behind the Yankees. And the wild card chase. So say if all goes wrong in New York, which of course I don't anticipate happening. It's the Yankees, they do it all the time. They crash out. The Mariners went cold. But if they get hot again in the way the Athletics are playing, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, It's going to be tough. Nice to have that nice new signing or nice new trade from Jerry Familia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, the Mariners looked like, it looked like for a very long time. I mean, the Indians... You can't put the Indians this year in the same sentence with the Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees. Um, the Mariners have 63 wins. They're third in the AL West. And they would be winning the AL Central if they were there. The Rays, who were third in the AL East, would only be a game or two behind the Indians. So you can't, really can't say the Indians are really going to compete. But again, it's October. Anything can happen in postseason baseball. But it's going to be the Astros will win the division. The Indians, and I'm going to take Boston for winning the division. And then yeah. it's going to be the Yankees and either the Athletics and the Mariners. That's settled. There are there are a possible seven teams that could take the six spots. And it's either going to be more than likely the Athletics or the Mariners are going to miss out. Because... You say one of those teams? Yes. Yeah. Because Boston's going to get in. Can't see... Boston would have to go full on just absolute choke the way they've been playing. Indians are to in. To miss. The Indians, yeah, they're 10 games ahead in the division, and the Twins aren't in a wild card contention at all. And then I, I can't see the Yankees missing. The Yankees, they're missing uh, Sanchez. As well, as well as the Astros. They're yeah. missing Judge. The, the Yankees will get in. Yeah, and they're they're gonna be out a short time. I mean, a short time is like a month. I mean, it's they're gonna miss Judge for his hitting, but I mean they're not gonna miss him for his strikeouts. No, so they can replace. That's easily replaceable. But once he gets back in the lineup, he'll, I mean, 
Yankees are gonna get that that power again. But now the NL though, the NL is still pretty interesting in my opinion. When you look at the oh, NL, it's East, very interesting. When you look at the NL East, you got the Phillies who are half a game up on the Braves. Whoever saw the Phillies in first place? Where is this? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight again. Um, and then the Nationals are only five back. You can't count the Nationals have a solid team. You can't count the Nationals out. No, they can still easily make a run. Uh, the NL Central, the Cubs are a game and a half up on the Brewers, and to me, that's pretty much just the end of it. There, the Cubs and the Brewers are both the best teams in the NL again. Pirates and Cardinals, they're seven a long back. shot. And again, it looks like the same thing in the AL with the Red Sox and the Yankees. The two best teams in the NL, the Cubs and the Brewers. One of them is going to play a wild card game. Yeah. And then the NL West. Remember the beginning of the season when the Dodgers were all the way back? That Manny Machado. And now have a one-game lead over Arizona. And then Colorado's only two back. And you can't rule out the Do- uh, the Giants. The Giants are five back of the Dodgers. The Gi- uh, Giants seem like... So you can't... They're, uh, they're, they're unlikely, but you can't rule them out. You can't. No, I, I agree. The Giants seem to always make it. In a, in a way, make it or get close to making it. Uh, now that, I mean, Bumgarner is good. I mean, they, they, they're they definitely on the upswing, it seems like. Yes. So, but, I mean, they they have they almost had a more rocky start than the Dodgers. Yeah. Even though the Dodgers were in dead last at one point in the West. I mean. Yeah, it was not looking good for the Dodgers. But yeah, I mean, they, they've made good trades and gotten good people there. and they, they, they They've... They're the a team goat. that can adjust. And the GOAT, David Robinson, the man who stole second when the whole world knew he was going in 2004 as the manager, so anything's possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dave Roberts, my dude. Um, I mean, who do you see winning the NLE? So Phillies, the Braves, or do the Nationals make a run? I still got to go with the Nationals. I, I, I mean, the Nationals made a very big statement in not doing anything with Bryce Harper. Yeah. When they very possibly could have done something and gotten a lot for him. And rumors were they were about to, or they were at least fielding it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can always feel it. And if they feel like they're going to get something there, they're they're going to do fine. I, I I mean, and it's not because the Nationals blew out the Mets. I mean, anyone can do that at this point. I mean, they're underneath the Marlins, who are, quote, tanking to save money, where the Mets are weren't supposed to be. Uh so I still think the Nationals have. I mean that that is the NL East between those three teams is going to be fun to watch once it comes the end of the summer. Definitely. I mean it's it's at that point now. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that. Um, the so NL Central, I, but both those teams are going to get in. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, you never know. I. I in a way, I disagree because I, at the same time, the Annalise is so damn close that there is this slight possibility where three teams from the Annalise can get in. You think the Braves? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Braves right now, right now, if the season was to end today, the playoffs are Phillies, Cubs, Dodgers, and the wild cards, the Brewers, and the Diamondbacks. But the Braves. And the Rockies are both only two behind the Diamondbacks for that second spot. And again, the Nationals can make a run. They have a good team. Yeah. So, I mean, everything is right there. 
that that is just like rolling dice right there and see what com- what's coming up. Because I mean, you you think the Brewers go in? I think they do have a a very legitimate shot. I think they do too. But I mean, I I can't I can't make that judgment just yet because it's just so damn close between the East, West, and Central. Yeah, and anything can happen. Yeah. So baseball. I mean, I I'm still shocked that the Dodgers were able to recover so well. I mean that because that... it did not look good. I remember talking on this podcast at the beginning of the season and saying, wow, the Dodgers are in trouble. Yeah. But then they they pulled their heads out of their asses and got Literally. there. Literally. Maybe physically, too. Possibly. Who knows? Uh, so what are you watching with baseball? Tell us at WideOpen underscore sports on Twitter. And if you want to, you definitely should. You should subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and subscribe now, if you haven't heard already, on Google Play and TuneIn. There are so many ways for you to listen and share our amazing podcast. Almost world famous. We've been doing it for a year. We like to think we got pretty good at it. <laughs> uh, so, Rick, since it is our one-year anniversary here at the Wide Open Sportscast, this is a special dedication, questionable call. Give me your top five sports stories from since we first started this podcast in late July last year. Top five sports stories we talked about. Uh, let me think about this. You, you can go first. Though. Okay. So number five, I'm going to go with the narrative that was the Cavs season. It was just fun hearing the different stories that came out of that camp literally every week. They got these players. All right, they had a fight. All right, Coach LeBron's upset. Let's trade him. Okay, this and this happened. Oh, J.R. Smith just went full J.R. Smith. I felt like there was just so many interesting stories around the Cavs this year with the overlooming shadow of is LeBron going to stay, which, by the way, was disappointing. Apparently, there was a rumor that said when LeBron was going to announce where he was going to go for free agency, he was going to release a trailer for Space Jam 2. (laughs) Didn't happen. Um, but definitely, it was an interesting thing watching just all the stories around the Cavs this year. Number four, you got to go with the Astros winning the World Series for the hurricane-stricken city of Houston. That was something great to see. Uh, I said it when we had done an episode back in October that seeing the Astros win the World Series after the hurricane, to me, as a Red Sox fan, was on parallel with the Red Sox winning the World Series in 2013 after the Boston Marathon bombing. I mean, for me, that's like when Mike Piazza hit that home run against the Yankees. Yeah. uh, After the 9-11. Yeah, which was in our opening, if you actually didn't know. That's um, the same radio call as in our opening to the show. Number three, I loved watching Taylor Hall this year. Mm -hmm. Taylor Hall wins the first uh, Hart Trophy in Devils franchise history. He was an absolute tank this year. So he was a real blast to watch. And I mean, I guess just the overall notion... That the Devils made the playoffs, you know. Yeah, that was that was awesome to see. Wish, it was awesome. I going wish to they fr- wish they were a little bit more exciting in the playoffs, but it, it was it was just it was fun to to go to Game Three. Uh, it was fun to go to friends' house and have something to do every night watching the playoffs. That was a lot of fun. Uh, really, really hoping for more from them this year. Secondly, I loved the uh, watching the rise of the Golden Knights. That was just such a great story. Again, like a parallel of 
Astros won the World Series after the hurricane. Boston wins the World Series after the marathon bombing. After the tragedy of the Mandalay Bay shooting, and you watch Vegas literally put that team on their back and go all the way to the Stanley Cup final as an expansion team. And not only just go to the Stanley Cup final as an expansion team, but to win their division and be around the elite team, uh, around the top of the elite teams in the NHL throughout the entire year from start to finish. That was just a, a remarkable story to watch. And, I mean, I, what else do you expect from my number one? Watching the Eagles finally win a Super Bowl. And being able to talk about that, experience that, go to the parade, see all the emotions behind it. That's, I, I don't think that there's going to have to be something serious to top that for maybe number one story we've ever done and ever will do on this podcast. Because there's nothing like your first. And speaking of which, I'll, I'll be watching it again tomorrow. My friends and I had a agreement that... When we watch the Eagles Super Bowl tomorrow at a rewatch party, it will be the last time that it is in our mouths because it's officially time to move on and start a new season. That is true. So that's my top five. What about you? So my top five, uh, I'm definitely going to uh, steal a couple of yours. My, my fifth is probably the Taylor Hall and the Devils. I mean, that for, for us being huge Devil fans... That that definitely wasn't the meat of it, but I mean, because you're it, missing so many stories there too. Like, how can you talk about the Devils and not mention Brian Boyle? Yeah, right. I mean, the I mean, the Devils. So it, many great stories around that team this year, and it seemed like they shouldn't have been there, and then they were there. It was it was cool, uh, and also Taylor Hall winning the Hart Trophy, first ever for a Devil. Definitely, that was my my number one. My 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 num- or not my number one, my number five. Uh, my number four is going to be the the Astros uh, winning the the World Series over the Dodgers and after the tragedy there. But not only that, just the stories of all the other athletes, including like JJ Watt, that did so much during that tragedy. Like that that was really cool. And I mean, it shows how much spirit. An area can have, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. My number three for stories that we uh, we covered this year, um, and it's kind of be gonna be like what what you did, your your rant about USA. How can I forget about soccer? that? <laughs> is almost had the podcast shut down by the police. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. On me and our personnel, it was it was so emotional and so fun to watch you do that. At the same time, there was a bunch of people that were just like, all right, I can't listen to this guy anymore, and they shut off the podcast. There was two people that told me that. Same. I had about two, three people, yeah, too. So I, it was it was fun for me, but I don't know. I, I, it was like a guy went on a 20-minute rant in Washington radio after the Monday Night Massacre when the Eagles beat the Redskins like 57-21. to 21. And this guy went on this whole 20-minute rant. And I listened to it the other day. And I was like, oh, that sounded like me when the United States missed the World Cup. Now, my, my number two favorite moment of stories that we covered this past year uh, was the NFL draft. 
Uh, I mean, on a personal note, I was, yeah. re- I was really proud of the, the stuff that I came up for that. So. Yeah, like, where, where you were just talking about me with U.S. soccer, that was awesome when you did that. So, that- I had, a, I had my, actually, I had a few people from home listen to it, and they were like, is your friend, like, a professional radio announcer? Like, they were that impressed by it. Good. I'm happy about that. And then, my number one is the, the Golden Knights. Um, the, the Golden Knights... Prove, prove the impossible, um, especially in this day and age in sports. Because, I mean, like like we said before, uh, only one other team in the top four major sports in America has made it to the finals of their sport, which were the St. Louis Blues in the 60s. But thinking about it on that, on that perspective, the St. Louis Blues also went in with five other teams expansion teams and they were all in this pretty much the same division and so all those other teams sucked they got in dead easy the golden knights were a single expansion team who had to go through the gauntlet of the west who went through the gauntlet of the west who picked up the scraps of every other team every other person that wasn't wasn't restricted for being taken or who wasn't Willing to give up Basically draft picks. Basically wasn't essential personnel for their team. Exactly. As well as the fact that at the beginning of their season, they had to go through such a tragedy with the shootings. And to show the spirit of that area. That not only one, there's so many doubters of Vegas is not a good sports city. Which is complete BS. Because, I mean, it showed it that... They want sports there. I mean, they've they've obviously had boxing and MMA fighting there. They have a WNBA team now. Now they have a WNBA team, which that WNBA team probably wouldn't be there without the Golden Knights uh, or without the NFL eventually coming in, which they are going to be next year. Yeah. Yeah, next year. So them doing that was so huge, especially going back to NFL – once the NFL comes in, America's favorite sport is football. I mean, it's no longer baseball, obviously. Football is now America's pastime. And they're not going to follow an NHL team. I, I think this. They're not going to follow a NHL team that is not good. They will at least at least good right off the bat. So if they're able to, this is where they're going to be challenged this season. If they're going to get anywhere close to what they were in their first season, I mean, that's a huge, the only thing they could have done better was win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. So there's not, there's up from there, but it's a very thin up. That's like you're at the ceiling fan trying to hit the ceiling. There's not a lot of room there. So just a clarification for you, because you were just talking about it. The Raiders have been approved to move to Vegas. They're going to stay for this season. The 2019 season, they might still be in Oakland. Depends on how the stadium goes, because they just broke ground on it, and they're expecting three years, so it looks like 2020. Okay. The Raiders well, will be there. Still, this this is where the alliance, or like the like – the, the community around the team, it will show how much they really want them. If this team does not produce or get anywhere close or even exceed what they did this year, it's going to be tragic. 
the attendance is gonna fall. I I think Vegas is a good sports team or sports. Uh, what am I trying to say? Sports town. But if they don't produce, they're not gonna fall. I mean, the Devils had to do this for a long time. I mean, the past two years. I mean, last year it was or two years ago, it was hard times for the Devils. This year, they showed that they could get there, and the support came back. And it. NHL is very, very, very much like that unless you're in a major sports city. Mm-hmm. Major sports city like New York, Philly, uh LA. Te- no, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say LA because they don't really show that much respect for the football teams. Yeah. So Touché. I would say I would say like Dallas. Yeah. I mean Dallas, I mean that those oh, are yeah. huge those are the Cowboys. That when I went to the Stars game, they love their stars, dude. So yeah. like if 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 they're not like that type of city where they can pull fan support out of their ass, then they're not gonna get it. Yeah. So we're gonna have to see there. But I mean, that was my number one story: is like how how well they did, how well they did to overcome a tragedy, how well they did to overcome the gauntlet of the NH- NHL, especially the the NHL West. <laughs> Excuse me. And that was that's just incredible. That will never be topped again. Although I did say the Triple Crown will probably never happen for like another 50 years. And that, that happened like two years after uh, California Chrome or whatever that horse's name is. Who has a ton yeah. of sex for $10,000 or $100,000 you know, at a time. You know, I was pissed because I was trying to pull up the Belmont Stakes. That's when we were at the Thunder game against uh the rumble ponies to yeah. see tim tebow i was trying to pull it up but of course had no service because everyone was probably trying to do the same thing i was doing and other people beat me to it well there there's tvs in the stadium that had it all oh should have gone and found that because i think the only time we watched that game is when tim tebow was at bat and what do you know our good friend caught a tim tebow foul ball yeah that's about all the exciting things that he did there but anyway yeah that's that's my top five of the year and with that the final drive let's get into a special one year edition of the final drive rick why don't you start it off uh i mean one one of the people i respect most in sports uh nhl legend jerome mcginla has announced his retirement from the nhl he's had over 600 goals and 600 assists in his career great player i've i always loved he is going to he should be i mean his number no doubt is going to be retired by calgary and no doubt, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I he, even though he never won the Stanley Cup, he he's, he's such a respectable just, player. Just like the human being, he's like kind of like what Randy Moss is to the uh, to the NFL. Maybe yeah. not to the highest extent, but how good of he was to the publicity, the community. Very very important player. Exactly. Um, Whitecaps FC. Player Alfonso Davies signs with Bayern Munich, making the largest transfer deal in the history of the MLS in plus of $20 million. And then he went on and had a hat trick and an assist in his next game back against Minnesota United. Kid's legit. Really good. The only problem, he's not American. He is Canadian. He is the Canadian Pulisic. And he's pretty good, too. I don't... You make... Why is that a problem? Because he's not on the United States. Yeah, whatever. I mean, Canada's not gonna get there. I mean, he's twenty twenty six. They will. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, he was actually one of the main polling points at the final vote for who was going to win the rights to the 2026 World Cup. Oh, shit. He went up and made a speech and was like, look, I play for Canada. We've never made it. This World Cup will give me the opportunity to play a World Cup, not only to put Canada in the World Cup, but to get to play in front of my home fans, which Canada's never done before. Hmm, interesting. So that was actually, he was a big polling point of trying to get the united bid of Canada, Mexico, and the United States to win the World Cup, which of course they did. Yeah, I do not know. Good yeah. to know. Uh, next, uh, this gentleman named Jeffrey Jacobs... A 37-year-old man from Connecticut was arrested for impersonating Boston Bruins 78-year-old owner Jeremy Jacobs. He tried sending over 5k removal debt, a tree removal debt, to the owner's account because the guy who cut down the tree was an avid Bruins fan. And literally just said, I'm the owner of the Bruins, put it on my tab. Nice. And the actual owner of the Bruins, um, Jeremy Jacobs, got it. Was like, what the hell? Yeah, right. So he, apparently, he had tried doing it before too, and he had gotten in trouble. Apparently, he had gotten a speeding ticket before and said, "Look, I own the Bruins." <laughs> so it wasn't the first time the guy pull, tried pull, doing it. Pull the DMX. Yeah. I'm a cop. <laughs> 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 um, Michigan State, I'm talking about controversy within college football, continues to ruin the face of the NCAA after Coach D'Antonio reinstates linebacker John Reschke after some time away from the team because he called his teammate the N-word. Well, and said, hey, you can come back now. It's okay. I, I, he, he was not suspended for any real games. Let me put it that way. It was like off-season workouts. Well... I'm assuming there's a little bit more beef to that story. I'm assuming there's some sort of sensitivity training this kid had to go through. I Obviously, hopefully something got through this kid. Hopefully. But you never know. Uh, what you got next? Uh, I got uh, Ryan Lochte continues to make headlines uh, after without winning anything but by being banned from USA Swimming for a year for anti-doping an unimproved substance. Oh, Ryan Lochte. Uh, America's favorite pastime. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Uh, what you got next? Ryan Lochte, just, just the guy who... America's douchebag. He was... He got involved in USA Swimming at the absolute wrong time. Because he's pretty good, but he's not Michael Phelps. <laughs> oh, well, also, I mean, he doesn't... That, he, also, that also just doesn't give him permission for... Beating up people in Brazil, yeah, and and lying about it, and also I I don't I, I read something about this doping thing. I mean every every athlete claims this, so I, I just immediately call bullshit that he didn't realize what he was doing was illegal, or he he wasn't okay, this, Julian he wasn't, Edelman. Yeah, right. He wasn't sure what he was doing. Was okay, illegal. Barry Bonds. Who was it, Rafael Palmeiro, who looked dead in the eye of the congressman and was like, I did not take steroids. Yep. Period. Ah, you did. Um, Atlanta United's new signing, Ezekiel Barco. So it's funny, we were talking about Alfonso Davies being the biggest sale in MLS history to lead the MLS. Ezekiel Barco was the most expensive player ever bought in MLS history. He has been benched by head coach Tata Martino for a few games after trying to make advances on a teammate's wife. 
So he sat out the last three games. Apparently, he'll be reinstated to the team for this week's upcoming games. Yeah. Uh, Welcome but, to the team. I'm going to hit on your wife. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I Especially for that to become public knowledge. He's like, oh, yeah, he's sitting because he tried uh, making out with a teammate's wife. Well, yeah, I mean, one, yeah, I agree that that shouldn't be knowledge, but also at the same time, it's kind of hard to not make that public knowledge when you're such a high name on the team. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's definitely going to raise some eyebrows. But it's kind of funny <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, definitely interesting. Well, what's next? Uh, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane of WWE, is now the official mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. That, and imagine not following his rules. Yeah, right. That's definitely going to be interesting. The man can make fire come out of poles in a ring. Guess what else he can do <laughs> as, a, as a mayor? <laughs> um, the United States of America has reclaimed world lacrosse glory by defeating Canada on a final second goal to win the 2018 Lacrosse World Games, basically the equivalent of the World Cup but for lacrosse. Um, after avenging their 2014 defeat to Canada in the final, so they defeat their longtime rival and win gold, and are officially reclaimed the best lacrosse team in the world after a literal pass and shoot that took a whole second. It was a miracle shot that went in. Otherwise, it would have gone overtime, and anything can happen there. Yeah, exactly. What you got next? Uh, J.R. Smith under investigation for allegedly taking a crazed fan's phone from outside a bar in New York City and chucking it into a construction site. Uh, I don't think that's very... I don't think that's very above J.R. Smith. No. Certainly, definitely, certainly not below. <laughs> definitely, yeah. He's definitely had worse moments than that. Yes. What you got next? Uh, um, um, the lyrics of a song talking about Kaepernick were actually censored out of the latest Madden game, and EA Sports related a released a statement today saying that it was an accident. They didn't know that they had the right to use Colin Kaepernick's name since he's not in the NFL, which a lot of people are saying is a load of baloney. Uh, I agree. That's a load of baloney. But also, if even the the thought of that being a problem, why wouldn't they just remove that song from the game? Yeah. That's just stupid. That, what are you going to tell me next? EA is going to make Tom Brady's catching rating better than Nick Foles? Yeah, right. Which they did. Uh, next, October 6th, we are going to be given the gift of Champ Champ as McGregor versus Khalid. I don't know his last name. Everyone knows him as Khabib. Khabib. Yeah, Khabib. I should know this. I'm an idiot. I'm going to see him. He's going to be returning for Conor McGregor's first fight in the UFC in two years for UFC 229. Uh, and needless to say, the guy that McGregor's fighting is the guy that he threw a hand truck at in the bus, which got him arrested. Someone's so, going to die. Someone. Right? They're saying that this could very well be the first UFC fight to go over 2 million buys on pay-per-view. Like, they're already hyping this up to be the highest purchased fight in uh, UFC history. I know per- I know uh, already one or two of our friends are talking about buying it. Yeah. So, def- I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that. Either one. I'm going to buy it or go to Hooters. Yeah. One of those two things are definitely happening for that. And then lastly, back in our arms, next week... The Premier League returns, my friend. 
as soon as it ended, it always comes back to us. Uh, the Premier League will kick off on Friday with Manchester United against Leicester City. And then they'll have a handful of games on Saturday, such as Tottenham against Newcastle. And then Sunday is going to be the real highlight of games for the week. That is when we will kick off our Sunday with Liverpool against West Ham. And then the day will culminate with Manchester City beginning their title defense against the Arsenal. I can't wait to have the Premier League back. And don't forget, on Sunday, the Community Shield, which is basically it's like a preseason game but with a trophy, um, every year in England, they have whoever won the league, so Manchester City, will play the winner of the FA Cup, which was Chelsea, and they'll play each other for another trophy. Nice. So it's just basically, it's a preseason game that actually means something. You know where you were just talking about the MLS All-Star game, how there was like no real hype or buzz to the game, so it was just kind of like, eh. They, they, they make this game interesting by adding like a hall, trophy to it. It's like the Hall of Fame game where instead of they're playing their fifth string, they're playing their first string. Right, because they're actually trying to win. It, it, you know, it, it's a trophy. It's a, it's, a, it's a trophy you want to win. You know, you want to win the Community Shield, the League Cup, the FA Cup, or the title. One of, the, you know, one of those four. Uh, and that's our year special. Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for... Tuning in for a year. I mean, this one is a little bit of a longer uh, longer episode, but we appreciate it. Yeah, and we appreciate all that you guys have done for us to help this podcast grow. Rick and I would not be here without you. And we are really looking forward to watching this grow even more. Um, so we're going to wrap up this week by introducing our last new segment called The Fan's Voice, where Rick and I are going to leave off on a question that we are going to ask you and we would like for you to reach out and tell us so our fans voice question of the week what was your favorite story that we've done we shared our favorites with you did you have a different one did you like the same one did you turn off the podcast when i yelled at bruce arena through a microphone um tell us what you thought and again rick and i guys would really appreciate your feedback both positive negative what do you like what do you want to see because you guys are the ones that make this show you guys are the ones that listen to it you share it with your friends and your family rick and i without you guys were two guys talking about sports into a microphone and calling it a day which i don't necessarily hate because i like talking sports with you Oh, yeah. But it's nice when we have an audience. Yeah. So thank you all. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter at WideOpen underscore sports. And don't forget to find us on SoundCloud at WideOpenSportsCast. And subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. Especially if you haven't hit us up on iTunes, do so. But now you can subscribe to us on Google Play and tune in to new platforms to make it even easier for you to listen to the almost- year-old, world-famous wide-open sportscast. No, it is the year-old, almost famous. Get it right. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, start, we're gonna end this episode the same way we started. No such things as mistakes. Just happen. Uh, let me research that Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob Ross. Whatever it was. Alright, adios, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you.
great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. I'm really big on the big, that's all, folks.